Welcome to the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, featuring stellar conversations with emerging and established Wickedly Smart Women. Thanks for joining us today as we celebrate women who are committed, care deeply, and have the courage to take action and create conscious change all around the world. Now here's your Wickedly Smart host, Angel B. Hartwell. Welcome to another episode of the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, where we celebrate wickedly smart women and provide our listeners with a wealth of wisdom, along with immediately actionable steps to be smarter, spunkier, and more successful in their impact and their leadership. This is your host, Angel B. Hartwell, and today we welcome our special guest, Simone Canego. Simone leads an ordinary life filled with extraordinary moments. As a wife, mother to six children and three dogs, and a serial entrepreneur, she splits her time between her family, businesses, and personal growth. She's realized the small choices she makes every day to do good actually have the power to inspire others. In her new best-selling book, The Extraordinary Unordinary You, she details her journey of adopting three of her six children, her climb of Mount Kilimanjaro, and all of the funny, scary, and inspiring stories that came along the way. And I had the pleasure of recently meeting Simone in Clubhouse, which is a brand new adventuresome platform that we're all trying out right now. So I am really excited to greet you and welcome you to the show, Simone. Thank you so much for having me here today. I'm really, really excited to be here. Yeah. So I want to hear what inspired you to become an entrepreneur? Was it before the kids, after the kids, somewhere in between the kids? What happened that inspired you to become an entrepreneur, Simone? It was definitely during the kids. Um, after my my first son was born, I started in my life, my career in public accounting. And so I worked for accounting for, for a bit. And then once I had him, I was trying to figure out what can I do that I can still be the mom that I want to be and and for me and and be able to bring the pieces of me that are beyond the family part that I want to do. So I ended up starting a horse farm. That was one of my first things. Oh, wow. And I taught horseback riding lessons. I used to bring in visiting instructors. I created a summer camp and I don't like sitting still. I always like finding something new to do. So that was kind of like the beginning of my, my journey into this realm. All right. Well, are you, do you, have you ever done any of those personality tests? I've done the one called the Colby, K-O-L-B-E. And I am like high, high, high on the quick start. <laughs> and I like starting new things myself. So I don't know if you've ever done any of those tests, but possibly you're one of those startup uh, kind of people as well. Uh, it's fascinating that you started a horse farm because that's not a small venture, Simone. A horse farm is a pretty big venture. So a lot of people, when they decide that they want to be at home, so to speak, to be the mom. And at the same time, they want to create an income for themselves and also fulfill their own urges to serve in the world and make a contribution. They'll start a small like multi-level marketing business or selling Tupperware or Mary Kay or, you know, jewelry or something. And you chose a horse farm. Yeah. <laughs> like that's pretty um, ambitious. Can you talk a little bit about what inspired you to make that big of a leap when you made the decision to do that? It was something that I really loved. I think that 
so many times we are making decisions about the financial aspect of what is it going to bring me versus let me start with something that I really am passionate about and that will make it happen. And and I'm a big believer in that. If you if you believe in yourself, it took me a long time to get there, but if you believe in yourself and you do the hard work behind it, the financial part will follow the passion. Mm. And so that was exactly why that that happened. All right. So it's I don't think you're still doing the horse farm or are you? Nah. Okay. So now what I want to talk about is first of all, yay for you for having the courage to say yes to your passion and yay for you for having the courage to go ahead and start a big business, a, a significant business as a result of that. How long were you in that business and what was it that made you decide that it was time to do something else? So I was only in it for about three years. And what made me decide is that we ended up moving from Texas to Florida. So there wasn't, it was kind of like, okay, well, on to the next thing. And so my husband, he's a physician and he was in a practice in Texas. And then we decided to move back to family. And so we joined a practice in Florida. So that was the end of that piece. Yeah. You know, what's really interesting to me, Simone, is you're the second person in the last few weeks who has left behind their thing in service to supporting their husband. So I'd love to hear about your decision-making process when you and your husband sat down and you have a business. I mean, you're running a business, right? When you sat down to have that decision-making happening, can you talk a little bit about some of the factors that were involved and, you know, kind of the give and take in that decision-making process? Because I think a lot of women put their stuff on hold because they feel like they need to be the supportive wife. And we are coming into a time now where there's a lot of men who are putting stuff on hold to support their spouse, their woman. So I'd love to hear kind of your experience of making those kinds of decisions. It was definitely a joint decision. We, you know, really discussed what was the important piece there. There's there's a couple things that came into that discussion. One of them was that the practice that he was in was extremely stressful. It was an amazing practice, but they took call a week at a time. And so for a week, he really wasn't home. And we really wanted to kind of figure out that work-life balance that worked for both of us. And he's always been supportive of really anything that I choose to do. And this was a moment in time where I said, are you in the right place? And he wasn't in the right place. So that was when we kind of said, okay, let's go figure out a different place and I'll figure out the next thing I want to do. And again, everything I've done, he's always been super supportive. And so it was really, it was the right choice for our family. And honestly, we wouldn't have at that point when we left there, we had two children. We now have six and we wouldn't have the family that we have today if we would have stayed there. Everything for a reason. Yeah. I was going to ask you how many kids you had at that point. So, mm. so you made the move, you made the shift. Talk about the process of selling your business, because mm. that's something that we don't often talk about is we often talk about the excitement of starting something, but we don't often talk about what happens when it's time to let go and the process that that entails. So can you talk a little bit about that piece? Yeah, that was that was a very hard process, <laughs> you know, because we're not just talking a firm that I'm selling. There's horses, there's the people that ha I have been interacting for the last three years, and now I have to find someone else to, to take over that. It kind of went in pieces, right? I found 
you know, it didn't sell the business as one whole piece. The summer camp went in a different direction. I had someone take that over. And then the actual horses, we had people that fell in love with different ones. We sold them that way. And then we found someone that that bought the property and that continued on doing visiting instructors there. And it was hard because it was truly my dream. But again, everything that I've done has kind of led me to this moment in time where I feel like this is exactly where I've always wanted to be. I didn't realize it, but but now I I know that this is as a storyteller, as an author, this is really where I want to be. Yeah, beautiful. Well, and I love that you've been willing to evolve. Uh, that's something that's been part of my own journey. I spent 20 years in the real estate industry and then knew I had to leave or I was going to die. And then I started my own art gallery and healing arts center and had that for a few years and then produced street festivals. And then I got into the speaking and authorship and personal and professional development space. And I definitely feel I agree with you. This is this is like home for me now. And I'm really grateful for that. But I'm also aware that because we evolve, I, mean, I really love and appreciate your willingness to give yourself permission to evolve. And sometimes that requires that we let go of some of the things that used to be working. And so not being attached is really an important piece of this. So let's talk a little bit about all these kids. Mm. Like what inspired you to have such an expansive family? It wasn't the original plan. Again, evolution. <laughs> we had one and then... I said, my husband was like, oh, we should have a big family. And then we had one and my husband said, I think we're good. And I said, no, I want to have more. <laughs> and we had actually talked about adopting in between child one and two because two took a, li a little bit longer to happen. And then, of course, I found out I was pregnant. And then we moved to Florida and we had child three. And then we had the discussion. Do we want to talk about adoption again? And it's kind of like we're we're not getting younger. This is kind of like the now or never. And we went with the now, which I'm a big believer in, in the now. Like there's no better time than now. So we decided to adopt. And we adopted our son, Noah, from South Korea. And life was totally chaotic and crazy. And in between all that, you know, I was doing different things as well. And then there wasn't enough chaos. So let's let's adopt again. And we adopted our son, Ari, at four and a half years old from Ethiopia. And when we went to the orphanage in Ethiopia, we knew from the moment we were there that we would go back again because there were so many amazing kids just, just waiting for a family to love them. They wanted to hold your hand, sit in your lap. And, and so a year later, we brought Millie home. And, and now we're, uh, the minivan was full. And that was kind of it. And it's, it's amazing. Like I couldn't imagine my life any other way. I've learned so much from my kids and so much about myself during this journey. Beautiful. All right. So when you left Texas, moved to Florida, had more children, did you start any other businesses during that time frame? Or were you giving yourself more like home time and family time and spaciousness to get settled in and, you know, like really transplant the family and your husband into his job? At first, I didn't. But then I started doing a house flipping business with a friend of mine. We were buying houses, fixing them up and selling them. And there's a long story behind that. But um, it was really fun. Like, I really, really enjoyed that. And then when that ended for certain reasons that she went through a divorce. And so it, it wasn't something that we could maintain anymore. At that point, now we're at six children. And I decided actually to go back to school to be a teacher 
because this is what I'm doing every day. I might as well make it part of what I do on, you know, in my career. I did that for about three years. And one of those hard things where I was paying my babysitter more than I was making, which is teachers deserve so much more. I can tell you that. And a friend of mine offered for me to work in medical sales. And so I started a medical sales distributorship. And I did that for about seven years until I decided that this is, I started doing a lot of public speaking through a volunteer role. And so I started speaking and then I wrote my book. And then I, after all those things, I said, this is exactly where I want to be. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, what I really love is how you've given yourself permission to explore and experiment and try many, many things. That's been part of my journey. And I just really want our listeners to hear that it's okay. It's okay to start something. It's okay to sell something. It's okay to change industries. It's okay to say yes to getting more education. It's okay to adding kids to your family. It's okay. And you just really are a model for uh, giving yourself permission to do the things that you feel inspired to do. So we're going to take a short break, but when we come back, we're going to let everyone know where you can find out more about Simone. Right now, though, Weekly Smart Women, we could use your help. If you are enjoying the show and want us to stay on the air, please consider making a donation at www wickedlysmartwomen.com. We'd also like to ask you to share with your lovely lady friends who you think might benefit from our content. Help a gal out and let your mothers, sisters, daughters, friends, and colleagues know about the show so we can serve them too. I do want to say a big thank you to all of our listeners who are downloading, rating, and reviewing. We're welcoming thousands of downloads from all over the world. We're in 79 countries now, uh, last time I checked. So I want to shout out this week to our listeners in Sarasota, Florida, where Simone lives. And I also want to shout out to our listeners this week in, okay, we got Florida, so we might as well say France. And let's see, what else do we have on our list here? We've got France, we've got the Russian Federation, which is another F, and uh, Florida. So that's going to be good for today. <laughs> and we'll be right back with Simone Canego. The Wickedly Smart Women podcast is brought to you by the Wealthy Life Mentor. Women, are you on the edge knowing that life is calling you to make a change? Are you ready to be part of the evolution of what it means to be a wickedly smart woman creating your wealthy life by design, a life that is an extraordinary work of art? Angel B. Hartwell, the Wealthy Life Mentor, is hired by women in transition. Women just like you who want to break through to their brilliance, become clear on the value of their wisdom, and embody a beauty-filled, balanced life of shameless self-expression. Discover your Wealthy Life readiness by taking the quiz at quiz.wealthylifementor.com. All right, everyone, we are back with Simone Canego. She is the author of a best-selling book, The Extraordinary Unordinary You. And in this book, she details her journey of adopting three of her six children, her climb of Mount Kilimanjaro, which we haven't gotten to yet, and all of the funny, scary, and inspiring stories that came along the way. One of the things that Simone said before we went to the break was, 
the importance of being in the now. So right now, what I would like you to do is remember that you can find out more about Simone at simoneconego.com. We will have that information for you in the show notes. So right after we're done with the second half of the show, I encourage you in that now moment to go check out Simone and maybe grab a copy of her book and see what else she's got for excitement there on her website for you. So um, Simone, why don't we talk a little bit about this process of, of writing and selling a book? Because you went from a medical uh, supply distributor to deciding all of a sudden you wanted to be an author. Where did that inspiration come from? So it's actually funny because when I say that my husband is really supportive, he's really supportive. <laughs> you know, he he laughs sometimes. He's like, okay, I said, I you know, I, I think I want to write a book. And he said, first, I'll start by saying you're not a writer and good for you which was great. With the public speaking that I was doing, I was sharing my stories, which I, I think is such a powerful thing when we share the good, the bad, the ugly, the sad, all of it. You really inspire other people. And I didn't realize that until I started doing it. And once I was, I ha would have, after I would give a speech, people would come up to me and say, wow, you're so inspiring. And I'm thinking to myself, me? Had to change my mindset. And they said, yes, have you written a book? No, I haven't written a book. Well, you should write a book. I heard that many, many times. And then I said, you know what? Maybe I should write a book. I have all these great stories. And, you know, what a great way to get my messages out to other people. So I was trying to figure out how do I connect everything together? Yes, I have 5 million stories because with six children and a husband, there's endless material. But and businesses, multiple yes, businesses. Yes, and businesses, <laughs> everything, everything. There's so, there's so many. I could probably write journals and journals, but, you know, to really connect it all. And it really was about my evolution, about realizing and, and for all of us, realizing what we're capable of. And recognizing that the things we do every day matter and that we don't need to change who we are. We need to change the way we see ourselves because we all have these extraordinary pieces within us. We just have to realize that they're in there. And we need to not be so hard on ourselves because I think for years that was such a big piece of who I was. I was, you know, everything I was, it wasn't anybody else. It was me putting this pressure on myself. And once I stopped doing that, still a work in progress, you know, the world really opens up. Mm. Yeah. I'd love to dive a little bit into that piece there, Simone, because I do feel, especially for the wickedly smart women, right? And that's the show. The show is wickedly smart women. We often put exponential pressure on ourselves and often to our detriment we will overextend, we will undercharge, we will overserve, we will end up in a lot of volunteer roles. There's a lot of talk in the, particularly in the personal and professional development industry about making sure that you're over delivering, right? But I think that's something that's a natural tendency for many of us who are certainly heart-centered and looking to see the extraordinary in the ordinary is this tendency to overgive. And then when you're getting the coaching or the mentorship to give more, it's almost detrimental. So I'd love to hear, because especially since you have six kids too, where does the no muscle show up in your life and how do you say no to yourself as well as to sometimes the opportunities that look sparkling, but are less than stellar for you and your family? 
another piece of me that took a, a long time to get to that point. And what I decided with the things that I'm going to say no to is that they don't bring me satisfaction. They don't make me happy. There's so many things that I could do every day. I get asked to volunteer at endless things, but do I really want to do that? Do I really? And my life now is about what I want versus what someone else wants for me. And when I made that change, it really, it opened up so much time for me because yes, there, there is value in, in everything that we're asked to do, but if it's not value for me, there are so many other options, ways that I can give back, ways I can volunteer that I get the satisfaction from as well. Mm. Yeah, I'd love to hear what caused these changes in you. Did you hire a mentor yourself? Did you, you know, have a book fall off the shelf and hit you on the head? Did you have a spiritual awakening where all of a sudden you said, whoa, this isn't working. I can't do this anymore. Like, what was it that actually allowed you to start making these changes about, you know, stop being hard on yourself and really getting clear that you can say no to things if they aren't what you really want? It was honestly, there was a moment in time I was sitting at this women's empowerment luncheon. I was listening to this amazing motivational speaker and I felt a little bit bad about myself because the first thought that popped into my head was that will never be me. And yes, she was truly motivational. Like if I were in a different mindset, like I would have been completely inspired to do these other things. But honestly, it was a great moment in time for me because it was that moment where I said to myself, and that's the whole point that you're not supposed to be her. You're supposed to be you. Why don't you take a step back and look at the things that you're doing already that inspire other people that are good for the world? Take a look at those things and then build on them. Trust me, it's still, it's, I call it mirror moments. I look in the mirror and I say, I'm going to start my day with one positive thing about what I like about myself today, what I like about what's going to happen today. And that positivity, that starting my day with positivity has really kind of changed my whole outlook. My kids see it. They laugh at me a lot about stuff that I do, but you know, like it, I think it's really important. We, you know, we have to lead with humor and, you know, we have to be able to look at ourselves and say, we can't judge ourselves. We have to just look at ourselves and say, this is who we are. And how do we bring all these great things to the world in front of us? Because we all have great things. Mm, I love that. So I want to hear what was the one positive thing you said to yourself in the mirror this morning? <laughs> That's actually kind of funny. Yeah, I said yesterday was my birthday. Ah, happy and birthday. Thank you. And I looked at myself in the mirror and I said, you look great for 49. And so, you know, like not, I, age is just a number. And so that was kind of how I started off my day. I'm like, I do look great for 49. Hello, let's go. But I do every day. I have different things that I say and I have stopped the labeling piece of myself. When someone asks me what I do or what I don't do, I no longer say I'm just, you know, oh, I used to, when the time periods that I would stay home, I'm just a stay-at-home mom. You know, I'm just Rob's wife or I'm just, you know, and I'm not just. All of these pieces make up who I am. So I am, I'm not a stay-at-home mom. Well, kind of right now because of COVID, I'm home, which is great, but I am all of these things. And I think taking ownership and really feeling good about all of these pieces. I used to say that, oh, I took time off from my career to raise my children. Why, why am I justifying? You know, I'm. this is one of the most important things in the world, raising good humans. Mm -hmm. So I don't need to justify it. I need to believe in myself. And that's how I need to bring myself out to the world. Well, it's interesting because for the first time 
just in this now moment, I got the message, the clarity that the words I'm just actually is justifying. Like the word justify has just right at the front end of it. And so thank you for uh, bringing that little awakening moment. I definitely have heard the I'm just from colleagues, from clients, from friends. I don't know that I've used that on myself. There's other abusive language that I've used on myself that I have also been in the process of exercising my no muscle and saying, no, don't talk to yourself that way anymore. But yeah, really fascinating. And so I want to also underscore this idea of leading with humor. Can you talk a little bit about leading with humor, especially when you're juggling so many aspects in your life? It's like, what do you do to keep your funny bone exercised as well as your no muscle exercised? Yeah. I'll give you a story example and you'll see where I see humor. So we had, I'm not going to give the backstory because it takes too long, but basically there was an episode where my son had an injury and I had to take him to the physical therapist and we had been out of town for over a week. So it was the first time I got back into our minivan, which I called the moving trash can because with six kids, you never know what you're going to find. So we get in the car. I look back at him and I'm like, are you buckled? And he's like, it's hard. I'm like, are you buckled? And as I'm looking at him, I'm like, why is there popcorn all over the seat? I know I cleaned the car before we left. And I start backing out. And then I look back again and I'm thinking that is not popcorn. I was like, Noah, get out of the car. Noah, get out of the car. And he's like, what? I look in the car. We both get out of the car. I look in the car. There's pieces of foam from the seats all over the place. A rat or two or 20 got into the car through the engine block, chewed on all of the seats. There was rat poop everywhere. The short story of it, the car ended up being totaled because a rat ate my seats. And rats. A, yeah, rats. rats got the totaled. car is totaled. I, I was like, oh, no, the moving trash can. But I could have been like really embarrassed or I could have, but I laughed at it because I'm like, this is such a ridiculous story. This is something I want to share with people because life happens, things happen every day. And so I really think when you tell stories, we should share all of our stories, but when you tell stories and you're like, let me tell you how this ridiculous thing happened to me, you know, it's a good thing. It like, you feel better. You were laughing. You feel better when you laugh. And so I I love uh, sharing all of our ridiculous, funny stories as well. Beautiful. Well, I am sure that in the extraordinary, unordinary you, there are plenty of amazing and humorous stories for everyone to enjoy. We are already at the end of our time together. I bet I could spend hours with you, Simone Canego, having lovely exchanges of stories. Um, But we are at the end of the show. So we want to say thank you to you for coming to be here on Wickedly Smart Women. Really grateful for your presence and your guidance around being in the now and leading with humor and saying one positive thing to yourself every morning. Thank you so much for those juicy tidbits. And listeners, we do love feedback. Please let us know what you thought of today's show by calling into our listener line. That'll be in the show notes for you or send in questions or guest suggestions to listeners at wickedlysmartwomen.com. We might even give you a shout out on the show. Thanks for tuning in. Keep your ears open. And remember, you are a wonderful woman. Thanks for tuning in, downloading, and listening. Be sure to rate and review Wickedly Smart Women on Apple Podcasts and share with other women who can benefit from today's episode. 
Wickedly Smart Women is the premier podcast series for informing, activating, and inspiring the leader who carries profound wisdom and knows that now is the time to welcome wealth. We welcome your feedback and guest suggestions and invite you to subscribe to our mailing list to be notified of each new episode at wickedlysmartwomen.com.